You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off. And who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we have officially, three days probably by the time you're listening to this, three days until the 2021 NFL draft is finally here. Whether the Packers trade up to go get their guy, trade back into the early second round and grab a couple extra picks, or they pick right at 29. That, of course, remains to be seen, but like we did last year, uh, this week, Perry and I will do our final full seven-round mock draft for the Packers using the Draft Network Mock Simulator. We're not going to be doing any trades or anything. We're just going to kind of go through and talk about each pick as it comes live on the show, and we'll compare seven-round drafts at the end of the show. So, Perry... Let's get to it. How are you doing? Are you excited for the draft? Because I'm ready for it to finally be here. Yeah, I'm just ready for it. I'm I'm ready. I love the day. I love watching it. I love seeing all these players that have spent their entire lives like working towards this finally realize their dreams. I'm a very sentimental person, <laughs> and so I like get very emotional for them. Um, I'm sick of seeing all the mocks. You know, I just want to know who's going where. And I am. I know you and I both are really excited to actually dive into who the Packers actually pick. Yeah, so you kick things off. I'll let you go first. Round one, who, okay. uh, maybe any good names that came off the board that you weren't expecting? And then who is your pick at 29? Yeah, so I have been in the camp. And again, I think it's too late now to change my mind, right? So I'm just going to go with it that I really think Goot's going to trade back um, unless something wild happens. But I don't think he's going to stay at 29, right? Like either he's going to see someone he loves and he's going to trade up and grab him or nobody's going to fall to 29 that's on their board and they're going to trade back. Um, so picking at 29 is probably like the third option here. So that just take that with a grain of salt. Um, so far, pretty much everyone is off that you would expect. All the top corners, a bunch of the top offensive tackles, all of the top linebackers. So Unfortunately, Rashad Bateman, who I took last night on Pack-A-Day, is gone, um, as is Greg Newsom. So we're getting into the place where, you know, Trevin, Trayvon Morig is gone. I, Merig, I always mispronounce his name. I'm sorry. It's very on brand for me. Um, Darius Tony was just taken by the Saints at 28. So that's a little bit of a surprise. So what I'm working with here really is Jeremiah Owusu. Koromoa at linebacker. He's really fun. I know he's listed as a linebacker, but like, I think he's a very like kind of box hybrid safety guy. So he's an option, but I just don't see Goot 
taking a linebacker in round one. You have Elijah Vera Tucker, who is probably the best interior offensive lineman in this draft who's still on the board here. So that's a pretty intriguing option at 29. Um, Aziz Ojolari. And then you've got a couple of running backs and your guy, Jason Owe, um, Landon Dickerson, Samuel Cosme. So looking at this, I... Oh, man, there's a lot of options. I mean, are we doing this on the way we think Goot's going to pick? Probably, right? Not what I think, yeah. Let's, let's do it, like, as close to what we think Goot will do as possible. So then I think that at this point, even though tackle is probably more pressing, you just can't let a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker fall to 29 and not nab him. So that's who I'm going to go with. Because you always want to have your best five guys protecting Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I really like that pick actually. And he, it's funny because he went to the Steelers in mine at pick 24. So that's one of the reasons I love to do this with you each year is that we always end up having different boards. And I think that it's fitting because you never know how the draft will actually shake out on draft night. One of the things I really liked that you said on pack a day was that every team has more than one need. So right now we are of course projecting that we think corner offensive tackle, those will be kind of the first picks for the Packers, but there's a realistic shot that it could end up being a defensive lineman or a safety or maybe an inside linebacker if Joe Barry's really high on one. So uh, my draft fell similarly to yours. Greg Newsom went to the Colts. Rashad Bateman went to the Chicago Bears for me, which is gross. Um, Trayvon Merrig went to the Jaguars. Um, Aziz Ojolari went to the Browns, just like you had predicted on pack a day. So I'm, I'm going to stay true to my brand. I am fully in the camp with you that I think the Packers will trade up to get a guy. I could absolutely see them honestly trading up with the Colts to get to 21 and taking Greg Newsome. But in this instance, um, in my imaginary Brian Gutekunst brain, um, Jason Owe is the only player left on my big board that I have a first round grade on. So I'm going to go ahead and take Penn state edge rusher, Jason Owe, freak athlete to learn behind the super Smith bros and Rashawn Gary and try and get my corner in the second round. That's your man. He is. I just, he feels like a goot guy, except, I mean, I think he's 22 instead of 21, but beyond that, absolutely a goot guy. So I'm just, you know, chugging along to, to my second rounder. Have you gotten to your second rounder yet? I have. And I don't like the way the second round went for me. I'm not going to lie because all the corners. So basically my thought here is that if one of the top corners are there in the first round, Packers go for it. And if not, they try to get a corner in the second round, except, and this is why I think that they trade back because there's so many options in the early second, and then you can have more flexibility in the later at 62. So Asante Samuel Jr. gone. Ifetu Malafonwu gone. Ifatu. Sorry. Thank you. Ifitu. Ifitu. All right. We'll go with that. Um, my pronunciation <laughs> is so bad. Um, and so is Elijah Molden. Sad. So really what and, and corner is too important, right? And I think that the the drop-off happens too quickly. But is Paulson Adebo too rich? No, no, that's my thing (laughs) as well. That's what I think as well. But again, like the draft network lists him a little bit lower, but again, like the Packers could have a grade on him. That's much higher than, you know, what the draft network does, but who else is left, right? Is Amari Rogers or Brady Christensen at tackle. 
um, your your high school friend, Davian Nixon. So I am having a little bit of a difficulty here, but I just think corner is too important. And Paulson is probably the last guy left that I would like take this high. So I'm going to go with that. I love that. So this is really funny because my board fell the exact opposite way. Asante Samuel Jr. went at 61 to the Bills. But on my board right now, I have Javon Holland, who is a phenomenal safety out of Oregon. I think he would immediately help improve the secondary. Um, Jalen Mayfield tackles here. I have Elijah Molden on my board, and I also have a Fitu Melifanu available for me. So that made it pretty easy for me. I like Elijah Molden quite a bit. Uh, but to me, I think a feet two makes a little bit more sense for the Packers defense. So I, with mm-hmm. my second round pick, I'm going to take a feet two Malafonu cornerback out of Syracuse. That is Kyle Fellows of Packaday's guy. And he would be ext- like ecstatic if that happened. So I think that's a great pick. And I agree with you. If the choice is there, even for me, who loves Elijah Molden, like you need someone who can take over the boundary right now. And the nickel can be filled with so many other players. Um, and so I like that. He's a, he's a good, and he's so long and rangy and has that like big wingspan too. So alongside Jair is just like really nice compliment. Yeah. And I like that we both kind of took corners in the second. I that's as much as I think the Packers will probably pick a corner in the first, if their guy isn't there, like if, if Greg Newsom goes 20 and they can only get up to 21, I I could definitely see them kind of trading back into like that soft part of the early second round and picking somebody, you know, whether it's Asante Samuel or a Fitu, somebody really good will be there. I agree. Okay. So Pick 92 is going to be really easy for me right now because the board fell nicely. And I think that there are a couple of positions that you can get really nice picks in the later rounds. I actually think that wide receiver is one of them. And I don't feel like super pressed to take a wide receiver quite yet. Um, But defensive line has been something the Packers need for a while. Kenny Clark needs a buddy, right? Um, We all know that. And there are many here, but I am going to be a homer for you um, (laughs) and I'm going to take Davion Nixon. That's really interesting because he is not even close to being on my board. I think he went, yeah, he went 71 for me to the Broncos. So if he's still there, you got to do it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And my, so what's left for me is, um, Amon Ra St. Brown is here. We have a bunch of running backs and I just, I still don't see the Packers taking a running back this early. Um, I want to right after they take AJ Dillon in the second, but I like, I want to prioritize interior defensive line because I would, but I'm not Brian Gutekunst. So I'm going to take a player that I think has the potential to be the right tackle of the future for the Packers, James Hudson, offensive tackle from Cincinnati. We know of course that Brian Gutekunst has drafted from Cincinnati recently with Josiah DeGuara. So James Hudson for me, I think he takes a year behind Billy Turner and then he takes over at right tackle in 2022. I love that. Can't have too many players in the trenches. I got to remember who I picked for the rest of the draft. That's the hardest part is <laughs> oh, now it shows you who you picked. So that's nice. It's nice that the draft network does that. <laughs> so, okay. So, so far let's, I'll do a little recap, right? So we've taken an interior offensive lineman, a corner and a defensive lineman. I think it's time for a skill position player. Don't you? Um, so 
I'm looking here and there's another defensive lineman that I really like who's left, but we already did that. Um, Dalen Hayes, the edge rusher out of Notre Dame is another player that I can just so see the Packers taking, but I'm going to go one underneath him and take Seth Williams wide receiver out of Auburn. I am a big fan of both of the Auburn wide receivers that are coming out. Um, and who declared for the draft this season. I think both of them bring really fun, unique skill sets. Packers don't have a single wide receiver under contract after next season. So I think it's going to be something that they target and maybe even pull what they did when they drafted MBS and EQ, where they do multiple in the same draft. So this is probably going to be one of multiple wide receivers that the Packers take, but I'm going with Seth Williams. Yeah, I like that you mentioned the wide receivers right now because to me, I think that the Packers are going to triple dip at corner. And I was so, so set at pick 135 to take Robert Rochelle out of Central Arkansas to become the nickel since I already have a fee two as my boundary. But he went 134 to the Vikings. So instead, I'm going to pivot a little bit and I'm going to take Ambry Thomas from Michigan to be my nickel of the future because he is somebody that we know already met with the Packers virtually. So little undersized to play the boundary. Not, of course, if you ask somebody like Jair Alexander, but I really like the way that he plays. And I think that the Packers are absolutely going to double, if not triple dip at corner. So I agree with you that the Packers need to address some skill positions, but Ambry Thomas is just too enticing for me to pass up here. So it's interesting that you bring up his size because actually today, which we might touch on a little bit later, we can as we go along, is Brian Goodkins had his first pre-draft presser with the reporters and he actually someone asked him very astutely honestly about what the kind of parameters that the Packers have always had um, if he's willing to kind of flex on them like he did with Jair Alexander and his answer was essentially like there's a guy that we love and he happens to be an inch shorter than what our threshold is we're not going to not go for that right so does he have all the athletic traits what does he do on tape um, and I wonder a little bit, like, did Jair just like totally break that mold to the point where it's like, maybe we do have to go outside of what we normally would. Um, so Amber Thomas could be a possibility. He could. I, yeah, I mean, I think Goody said a lot of things that Packers fans should take to heart. And I know it's, you know, he's going to say all the right things. He's Kyle Shanahan's a whole nother, another conversation <laughs> about what you maybe should or shouldn't say in a presser, but I think that Packers fans should feel very confident in the way that he's building the team and the the players that he's got on his big board going into Thursday night. Yeah, a hundred percent. So let's see. So the Packers pick pretty quickly right after this. Um, they're, we're now at pick 142. So we go 135 and 142. They have a lot in the later rounds, which is why I just feel like they could package some up and, and move around. Um, but my guy, Dalen Hayes, is still here, the edge rusher out of Notre Dame. I just think that edge is a position that you always, just like corner, you always want to feed. You always want to have new, um, new fresh blood, if you will. <laughs> I hate that term, but it just came out um, in, in the room. And especially if you're willing to, and you can, you have the ability to draft someone who can take the time, right, to develop because they have the Smiths and Rashawn Gary. And I think this is perfect um, and Dalen Hayes isn't just our edge rusher, right? He can, he can play, um, obviously pass rush is his primary, um, role, but he, he's got more of a kind of 
versatile linebacker role, not just an outside linebacker that he can be. So I think under the right circumstances and in the right environment for a developmental guy, it feels like Green Bay is one of those. He can thrive. This is a really good um, Cheesehead TV like segue for me because you talked about Dalen Hayes, who I wrote about for Cheesehead TV. Um, he's still on my board. I also have James Wiggins, who I wrote about for Cheesehead TV, the safety out of Cincinnati. I thought about taking him. There's a couple players that I really want here that are skill position guys, but to me, 142 just feels like a teeny bit rich. So I'm going to do the thing you're never supposed to do, and I'm going to gamble and hope that they're there in the fifth round. But I'm going to take my favorite safety out of Texas, Caden Stearns. I think as a rotational piece behind Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, he makes a ton of sense there. And then I'm just going to cross my fingers and kind of see if any of my skill guys are left by the time we make it all the way around to the next Packer pick. Nice. I like it. So, um, tease okay. and peace. Tease and peace. <laughs> sending them, <laughs> sending them. Um, so, Naya, now we're at pick 173. And just to recap again, I've taken – an interior lineman, a corner, a defensive lineman, a wide receiver, an edge. So we are all over the place here. Um, I think that I feel as though we have addressed many needs. Um, you know, maybe we'll take a, another wide receiver. Anthony Schwartz is still on the board, so maybe we just get both Auburn wide receivers and call it a day. Um, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, we also have Brendan James, the tackle out of Nebraska. I love um, him. Love him, too. And I think that now that I'm seeing this, that's what I'm going to do because we haven't taken a tackle. Um, and he, I think, is someone that could do really, really well um, as a potential starting guard or even get kicked out to right tackle. And then you just have everything on your line. PG Keen. Yeah, I love that pick a lot. I He was another one of the guys I looked at for GSAT TV. I think that he has the potential to just be either a really good swing tackle for a really long time or eventually maybe kind of grow into that right tackle spot. I have my guy still here. Um, I have to take him now because I gambled. And kids, what do we learn? Gambling always pays off. You should always gamble. But... <laughs> <laughs> but this is... Okay, so this this is hard for me because he's a player that I would absolutely break all of my preconceived molds for, but I don't know if he's a player that Brian Gutekunst to do the same, but we do know that Brian Gutekunst and his team have met with this player already. So I'm going to take JV and Hawkins running back out of Louisville. He's like five, eight, really tiny, really shifty. His RAS is low just because of he's, you know, him being a little bit undersized, but anytime you get the ball in his hands, he can make a house call. And I think that he would just kind of replicate that Tyler Irvin role and it would just be this perfect complement to the thunder and lightning of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And it would be a hell of a lot of fun for Matt LaFleur to get his gadget guy. That's very fun. I love that. And now it looks like they're potentially not going to have Tyler Irvin back. And that role is even more important. Yeah. So member kids, you know, always gamble. Always gamble. That's our, <laughs> our takeaway here, right? Um, okay. So now, so Maggie, let's, recap you and and talk about who you've who you've taken so far okay yeah so I went edge in the first round Jason Owe out of Penn State I've got Afitu Melifonwu to be my boundary corner of the future at 92 in the third round I got James Hudson to be my hopefully right tackle of the future then I grabbed my nickel corner and Ambry Thomas out of Michigan a Caden Stearns to be kind of that third hybrid safety and then I'm finally getting my gadget pieces with JV and Hawkins, the running back 
out of Louisville. And spoiler alert, I will be taking a wide receiver with my next pick. I really like your draft. <laughs> it's really, it's, uh, it feels very Packers. It feels like exactly what they would do. I'd be hyped as hell if this was the draft, but I'm not going to even put that into the universe. I know, right? Like, <laughs> they always do something kind of funky. So who's left here? Um, we have a bunch of options. And down down where we're at now is kind of where I start to lose um, a lot of my knowledge. Because, you know, the top 100 is a little bit easier to understand. And then the rest. But I think when we get down here, you and I are similar in that we look at relative athletic score. Because that's just like an easy indicator if that's going to be um, – someone that the Packers are going to pick. Um, and there's a wide receiver that came just kind of like on his pro day, I guess, um, really jumped out to me as someone that the Packers would take. And that's what Ross Uglum and I have deemed to be Josh I, because neither of us have, can pronounce his last name. And I'm not even going to try because you've seen me botch way too many names and it would just be um, a bloodbath. But he came out to have a 993 RAS out of a possible 10, which is just peak Brian Gutenkunst. Like, what are we in the round five wide receiver pick? Like just screams Brian Gutenkunst pick. And um, I think he had one of the highest vertical jumps, just a really impressive guy, just super athletic, um, pure athlete, pure wide receiver, um, lots of speed. And I think him next to MVS with Devonta Adams would be really fun. Um, he's also being touted as a developmental starting like X receiver, right? So who better to learn behind and Devonta Adams. So I'm going with my guy, Josh. I out of Illinois, <laughs> Josh Imator Bebe. Once you, you, once you hear it said a couple times, his last name gets a lot easier, but yeah, the greatest receiver out of Illinois since Geronimo Ellison, totally kidding, but you are absolutely <laughs> correct. He would have broken a combine record um, for the vertical jump had it happened in Indy. But just a freaky, freaky athlete. Love him. I'm not going to take him, but he is on my board. He is somebody I thought about for the Packers. And like you said, his route running needs polish. But who better to learn route running from than Devontae Adams? So he is like the peak Packer, I think, if you're talking about guys that slip into the fourth and fifth round. But I'm going to take another guy that I think is very much a peak Packer. And that's Simi Fioko from Stanford. I really like him a lot. Doesn't have a ton of experience as a starter, but he's got a huge catch radius. He's 6'4", sneaky fast, really athletic. So to me, he just seems like the kind of developmental Packer pick that could end up being wide receiver two or three, probably wide receiver four if they bring back some of their guys in the next couple of years. But I'm glad that we both took receivers because the Packers absolutely need to round out that room. They do. They very much do, which is why I think that they will double dip this year. Seems to be a pattern. Um, okay, so we are now down into round six, uh, which is a fun spot. I would really like to take another offensive lineman. This is where the Packers usually hit on their offensive linemen quite nicely, to be quite honest, in these later rounds. Um, not too many left on here that I am feeling confident about though. So I'm not going to reach for anything and go crazy, but this is just my thought process as I look through all of these players. <laughs> um, Demetric Felton is on here, which unfortunately I am not going to pick, but I know that you like him. 
Rashad Wild Goose. And the only reason I know him is because that is just a phenomenal name. I mean, and he's from Wisconsin. So, yeah, you got a rep for the. He is from Wisconsin. So. <laughs> um, maybe that's my pick because another corner would be nice as well. He'd be um, a good nickel guy. Yeah, I also have been, and this is another, I think, just because his name is fun, but I'm kind of loving Puka Williams (laughs) out of Kansas, um, who's a running back, but, you know, hybrid. I think they list him, some people list him as an H-back, also screams Packers to me um, because of the hybrid role that he can play. There's also safety Paris Ford, who is a really nice developmental guy down here. Um, His scheme fit is listed as split zone, which is probably what Joe Barry is going to do a lot of. So um, want to help me out here? Um, wait, fuck. I, can you tell I started drinking? I, I like Rashad <laughs> Wild Goose, honestly, but there's a, a – but he's – I mean, he's very much a developmental nickel that is going to take, like, time. some time. Yeah. I know. I know. And the, see, this is when we get down here is when it's hard because I'm like, there are – a bunch of really exciting guys. And this is why I'm not a scout for the Green Bay Packers um, because I can't figure out a good pick at 214. Um, I think I'm going to go with Puka Williams just because it just feels like a very, very Packers pick. Um, And you always want to be feeding that running back room. And um, I like his name. (laughs) Perry Goldstein, legendary scout, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, winning the all name draft 2021. But this for me at 214 is like an embarrassment of riches. And I'm really upset that I have to narrow this down. I have, I still have Josh Imator Bebe on my draft. And you have no idea how hard it is for me to not pick him. But I'm not going to um, because I don't want to double up with you. And I also, I don't know. He just, I, I love him. But, and, Maybe this is me now starting to think like me instead of like Brian Gutekunst, but there's some really, really fun athletes left. I have Demetric Felton too, Chris Evans, the running back out of Michigan. I really like him as kind of a third running back, but I already picked up Javian Hawkins. So I'm going to just get weird and I'm going to take another guy who doesn't necessarily meet the Brian Gutekunst RAS. But Jalen Darden out of North Texas, he's a wide receiver. And if you have not watched him play, you can check out both Javian Hawkins and Jalen Darden for my last Cheesehead TV piece that came out today. But he is another like really crazy athlete, super, super fast. He's only 5'9". He's like your prototypical slot wide receiver, but he's got a ton of experience returning kicks. And he had 19 touchdowns in nine games this last season for North Texas. So he's just like this freaky fun athlete. And I can't, I can't even start thinking about all of like the jet sweeps and the end arounds that you could have with Javian Hawkins and Jalen Darden and just how weird Matt LaFleur could get with this whole thing. That's so fun. (laughs) So fun. Um, Okay. So we're down here and I'm finally going to take the offensive lineman that I've been waiting for. He's six foot eight. 350 pounds, so I don't know, try blocking him. Um, Just like really big body and decent athleticism. And obviously, you know, he's fallen down because he's a big ball of clay that the Packers need to (laughs) hold. Um, And eventual, I think the role and fit would be at left tackle. So who better to learn behind than David Bakhtiari? Um, I'm going to take Josh Ball out of Marshall. Did you say big ball of clay because his last name was Ball? Because if you did, bravo. Thank you. 
<laughs> All right, so I'm at pick 220 now, and Josh is still here. That's not even fair. Josh is here. Take him. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of guys. Malcolm Coons is here for the edge out of Buffalo, but I already took Jason away early, and I don't see the Packers double dipping. Chris Evans is still here, the running back out of Michigan. I have Puka Williams still on my board. Um, you know what? Yeah, let's let's just take Josh Imator Bebe and we can just have like the we like that's this is four skill positions in a row now for me. We have Javian Hawkins, Simi Fioko, Jalen Darden, and Josh Imator Bebe. So you're making the fans very happy, Maggie. The fans want the weapon <laughs> for Rogers. <laughs> it, this, yeah, this would just be like a, a complete overhaul of the offense. Hey, you know, Matt LaFleur's scheme seems to fit with everybody. So that works. Um, so I think it's very interesting that unless anything changes, the Packers are actually have picked 256. So they have the last pick in the draft, which I just think is so fun. Um, and with the last, very, very last pick in the draft, um, my safety, my late round safety crush, if you will, Paris Ford, um, out of Pittsburgh is still here. So I think I'm going to take him since he's still left and, um, see how he can develop behind our powerhouse duo, Amos and Savage. I like that. That's a good one. I always think like with these last couple picks it's look for guys that have really freaky RAS scores and you you know that Goot is just going to be targeting like the really high upside guys that potentially maybe won't make it in the NFL but you just want them to be like your priority guy so I'm going to take a gamble here and he's way down on the on the big board but I can see him and he's somebody that I not only wrote about, but I think makes some sense as a developmental guy for the Packers. It's Jimmy Morrissey, the interior offensive lineman out of Pittsburgh. He projects kind of as a true center in the NFL. He's going to need some polish. Absolutely. I don't know if he'd come in and be your starter in year one, but maybe you do like this weird thing where Elton Jenkins is your starter for the first year. Then he slides back over to left guard and you bring in Jimmy Morrissey to be your center of the future. So I'll round out my draft with him. I love it. Look at us. Hire us, Goot. This was fun. I liked this. It was. So let's... Okay, so our final picks are um, Elijah Vera Tucker, interior offensive lineman from USC, Paulson Adebo, cornerback from Stanford. I'm sure that's going to make your entire crew (laughs) very happy. So Um, Damian Nixon, defensive lineman from Iowa, fun guy to pair next to Kenny Clark. Seth Williams, wide receiver out of Auburn. Dalen Hayes, edge from Notre Dame. Brendan James, offensive tackle from Nebraska. Josh Imator Bebe. You did it. You that, you nailed it. Nailed it. Wide receiver from Iowa. Puka Williams, running back, H-back from Kansas. Josh Ball, tackle from Marshall. And Paris Ford, safety from Pittsburgh. Yeah. No, I really like your draft. I, I think... I would be very, very satisfied if that happened. So that obviously means that nobody we picked is going to go anywhere close to the Green Bay Packers. They're probably all going to get drafted outside of, you know, even the NFC North, which is probably fine. I don't want to fall in love with somebody and have them go to a division rival. But for me, I took Jason Owe at Jada Penn State for my first rounder. I snagged a Fitu Malafanu out of Syracuse for my boundary corner. Then in the third round, I took James Hudson, the offensive tackle out of Cincinnati, who's a develop- developmental guy. 
grabbed my nickel corner and Ambry Thomas, the corner out of Michigan, rounded out uh, my my defensive backs, I guess, with Caden Stearns, the safety out of Texas. Then things got really weird, and I took JV and Hawkins, the running back out of Louisville, Simi Fioco, the wide receiver out of Stanford, Jalen Darden, the wide receiver out of North Texas, and then Josh Imatorbebe, the wide receiver from Illinois, rounded out my entire draft with the center, Jimmy Morrissey, from Pittsburgh. I love it. Well, obviously, Josh Imatorbebe needs to be drafted since you <laughs> and I both chose him. So Yeah, and we'll, we should, we'll both like buy his jersey and get him. I want to see those printed. Yeah, I want to see those printed. That that's a long, it's a long name to keep back there. And he now can wear the single digits, which is pretty cool if he chooses you know, to. If they can do Valdez Scantling, I think they can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> we really we got the all name draft. We have Equinemia St. Brown. Yeah. When Geronimo was on the team. That wide receiver room is just loaded with great names. I know. And great people. Great men. Yeah. So I think that this is just like a fun exercise. Obviously, it's fun for us to talk through what might happen on draft day. You never know. You know, the Raiders could pull a Clinton Farrell and throw everything out of whack. That's my favorite example. Um, but <laughs> crazy things happen. And so, you know, the board falls the way they fall. You know, I, it seems like I think Goot really enjoys the draft. There's something about the way that he answers questions about the draft. He very much like gets very animated and lights up about it and how much he loves to move around. He's not afraid to make moves. He's not afraid to pick up the phone and, and, and make a move if he thinks that he can get somebody that they value in a good place. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Packers do or don't do on Thursday. <laughs> um, I hope for your sake they do something so that you don't stay up all night to podcast when they don't take a take anyone um how are you feeling about Thursday like at first in my heart of hearts I thought they were going to trade back into the second round and accumulate a couple more picks but the more like the closer we get and I don't know if this is me like psyching myself out I genuinely am starting to think that the Packers trade up and get their guy because I think what we've seen from the Packers this entire offseason is really the idea that they're going to run it back so I know they lost Corey Lindsley and Jamal Williams but outside of that they brought back their star running back they're talking about giving their premier edge rusher and premier wide receiver extensions. They talked about wanting to restructure Aaron Rodgers' contract. And that's something Brian Gutekunst mentioned too, where they're going to try and free up money in certain places. So to me, I think if it's, whether it's Caleb Barley or Greg Newsom, if somebody slips a little bit, I think Brian Gutekunst will be all in kind of with that idea that they could really be one or two players away from really getting finally to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he did say today, too, in his presser that he really feels like they're there. Like He's like, we just need to knock the door down. We've been, we've been banging on the door, and now we just need to knock it down. So I hope that they use this draft um, to, to plug some holes. But again, again, today reiterated how much the Packers value the draft and the draft and develop process. So I wouldn't be surprised as well if that's the way they go. And then we see some level of development from past draft classes, which is typically how it goes, um, who end up contributing this year. And the thing about the development is that as fans, we don't have any insight into that. Um, and I think you and I hopefully will get to see some of that live in August when we go. Um, but we don't know how these guys are progressing. So either way, as long as there's a level of contribution that finally gets them over that pump, that's all that matters. Yeah. And I mean, I know that it's easy to say things like Aaron Rodgers didn't have enough weapons, but like Josiah DeGuara is coming back. Obviously he looked really good in his one game before injury. They have Aaron Jones back. We're going to see AJ Dillon quote unquote unleashed now that he's not running back three. So I, and I know I'm, 
I feel confident in saying that they're not going to just leave the draft without getting any type of skill position. I don't think that that will happen. And I know we kind of thought that last year and the draft shook out in a weird way for the Packers, but I really think that there's just going to be a couple pieces, like you said, that can really kind of kick this team over the edge. And I know that the Packers historically always draft for, for the now and the future. And that's why they remain successful long-term. But I think kind of what we're hearing and what we're seeing is that this could be the year that they start to like push picks and say, Hey, let's just go all in with a couple guys and see what happens instead of taking swings on 10. Let's just get like five really good guys. Do you have like a bold prediction of what you think is going to happen this weekend? Honestly, I thought my bold prediction was Jason Owe because if <laughs> yeah. an edge rusher, everyone's going to flip out. But I, I don't know. I just think my, I, I don't know if it's bold. I just think they're going to trade up and get somebody really impactful. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded up for a guy like Greg Newsome. That that wouldn't surprise me at all. It feels like a very good thing to do. Um, I still think they trade back. And I don't think that trading back it should be viewed as a bad thing. I think it means oh, no. they don't want to overdraft someone. Um, and there are a ton of guys in the 35 to 55 range that are phenomenal and, and could potentially have first round grades um, that just, you know, you don't want to take it at 29. So I'm excited. I'm ready for it. Me too. It feels like the season is finally starting when the draft happens. Yeah. And I get, okay. So I guess I do have a bold prediction and it's that the Packers will not care nearly as much about rest this year as they do every year. Ooh. So if like Asante Samuel Jr. is the first round pick, would still absolutely love that. He does break the mold because the Packers would have two kind of short boundary corners. But yeah, I think that this is going to be the year that we just throw Rass out the window, especially because it's it's a lot harder with pro days. It seems like everybody ran a 4-3 this year. Some yeah. guys didn't do their agility testing, so their numbers looked much higher than they maybe would have been. So yeah, let's throw Rass out the window this year and just get good football players that can take the Packers to the Super Bowl. I love it. Couldn't have said it any better <laughs> myself, Maggie. If anyone listening doesn't follow you or know where your work is, I don't know what they're doing, but enlighten <laughs> them so that they can. <laughs> yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write for Cheesehead TV. I'm in charge of the day two draft analysis and then some of the late round picks that we'll see if I even have to write them that could get traded away. Um, and then you can find both Perry and me with the Pack a Day podcast. We just talked about them celebrating a thousand episodes. So make sure you check that out. One of the best places to get all of your information, you know, whether it's about the draft or just about the Packers in general. So Perry, where can everybody find you on the internet? Just follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Um, like Maggie said, I am also part of the Packer Day crew. I do here and there work for Packer <laughs> Report. Hopefully as the season gets closer, it will be more here than there. And uh, yeah, we have our next live show coming up next um, week, next week. So we'll likely be recapping the draft <laughs> and what happens there. Um, so check that out over at Cheesehead TV. Yeah. So thank you everybody for listening to the show. If you haven't listened to the interview yet with Patrick Taylor, please make sure you circle back and do that. He is so fun. And that's what made it so hard to take running backs in this mock draft, because I absolutely would love to see him become running back three for the Packers. And you know what? If the Packers take Javian Hawkins and have Patrick Taylor, then that's a really solid foursome of receivers. So thank or of running backs. So thank you as always for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.